Live from Casa de Monte Cristo with Selena Marcus. It's smoking section. There we are, another episode. Here we are. Hey, another man. episode. You, uh, what's going on, man? It's, I know it's at the CMA Fest. You okay? Bruh. <laughs> you all right? All right, so rattle off. How many events did you go to, man? Um, how many events that I went to? Are we clu- are we including the stadiums? Yeah, of course. All right, so we saw each other at the Big Loud after party. Yes, we did. Then it was I did every stadium night. That's crazy. I've never been to one of those. No, you should really go to one of those. I know. Um, I'm gonna adjust the angle of the dangle super quickly. Yeah. Um, I've been there. I went there, and then I went to. Um, I think that's it. Oh, I did the Spotify after parties at Old Red. Mm. Did you I, see Kaylee? I didn't. I wasn't able to. I ended up, by the time I woke up, <laughs> she was already done. Did you see Little Nas X? I did. He came, but he came out on the stadium show, too. Really? Yeah. How, how was that? How was Little Nas X? Did he rock at it? At the stadium? Yeah. Did he so shut it down? I'm going to explain that story here in a minute here. Okay. But, but we'll get to that in a we'll minute. We'll get to that. We'll yeah. get to that okay. in a minute. I'll explain the story after this. But... Um, <laughs> I gotta go back on. I gotta get back with the program here, and then I'll tell you all about the details here. Uh, but we got here, a good buddy of mine. Uh, we met beginning of the summer, and we hit it off. Absolutely. Um, he has written and produced with Kaylee Hammock. All right. Who is on fire right now? Her mm-hmm. personality is yes. amazing. She's winning radio over, and I fucking love it. There's a story behind that, by the way, that I've already told you, but we're going to tell on here. Yeah, because um, because it's amazing. I'm glad that was wrong in, in that aspect. Um, and he also has he also has which I think is going to be a single. Mm. Probably hasn't been decided yet. But what's this? Marin Morris's song with Brother Osborne. It's not going to win on that. Yeah, not going to win on that. Brother Osborne. Yes. All my favorite people that's been singing with many. Cassidy Pope has has sung mm-hmm. on it. Ray Lynn. Ray Lynn has sung on it. It's right. the, so it's been performed at every single. It provides the style. song provides for a nice moment in her set yeah. where she can bring up whoever. Bring up whoever, and it's great. So if you can sing that, ex- that register, low, yeah, that, that register. Mm-hmm. So. His name is Mikey Reeves, ladies and gentlemen. Mikey Reeves. Yeah. Ooh, it's Mikey. Hey, man. Thanks so much for inviting me on this. Yeah, I really, I, I feel yeah. honored. This is my first podcast experience. Oh, yeah. And I'm a huge podhead. I listen to tons of podcasts <laughs> on a regular basis. <laughs> so this is quite the honor for me. No, I, I love it. I'm, lo- I'm, I'm glad that we got you in here so quick because CMA Fest, if, if anyone who's listening to this can hear this when you do hear this, we are two days removed from CMA Fest. Man. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Um, and it's a thing. My vocals are pretty much shot. Mm. <laughs> I'm not even a singer, and I'm complaining about my vocals. You sound smooth right I, now, Don't man. I sound very smooth? Yeah. It's um, good for the cast. Good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is a struggle. It's, it's a struggle. been a struggle. Life a, is a struggle, man. Life is a struggle. It's a struggle bus right now, bro. Uh, I went to every stadium show. I drank at every stadium show. Good for you. So we're gonna we're gonna discuss this, but right quick, I'm gonna tell this quick story about Kaylee Hammock. Um, one of the few times in this industry that I have been wrong, that I'm glad that I was wrong. Mm. You was wrong. Love that it got served. Yeah, I was very <laughs> no, but I was very happy about it. 
because okay. I love the song. So, Family Tree, McKaylee Hammock. Oh yeah, I met him at the yeah. Big Loud yeah. party. Yeah, you remember who he is? Yes. It's all coming. It's all back. coming back coming now. Back. It's, it's coming all back. coming back now. <laughs> and he sent me the song. At day came for it. Mm-hmm. For those of you who don't know what Ad Day is, it's, it's every Monday on a radio station where the labels go and promote new songs and artists and current songs, and they try to get their artists added to more more radio stations every week. Mm-hmm. Refresh the postings and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. The Ad Day came out, and she got the most added song of the week. Nice. Mm-hmm. And she uh, was the, I believe the stat is, most added female country artist in the past three years, I think, since Marin. Yes. Like Marin singles. Yes. Which is, which is phenomenal. Nothing to shake a stick at. It's and great. I was so happy. <laughs> I was wrong. Mm. It happens. That's it beautiful, dude. It doesn't That's happen. Beautiful. I'm proud of you. <laughs> I know how it can be for us. I know. Man. It takes a real man. It to takes say a real that. man to say that it he's wrong. Real. Exactly. And 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 I, you know, I was very happy that I was wrong, like, because I love the song so much. The, the nature of uh, the way Kaylee and I started this whole project was by just kind of shaking ourselves loose of all those preconceived notions of what we think we had to make and, and how we think we had to make it sound. So that totally makes sense. Like, You're right. Yeah. That was, so it was, yeah, it wasn't a give, I It was a very no left-handed one. approach yeah. to, from the get-go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it came out with like true personality and zest, but it doesn't sound completely homogenized. Right. Like, Right, which is great, um, and God I love bless it. her. <laughs> she's just, she's she's um, she's phenomenal. She's a great person. Uh, but that's enough about Kaylee Hammock because we're going to get her on <laughs> for now. Yeah, podcast for now. Uh, let's talk about you. Yes, mm. that's what's your, what's your story, man? You st- you you you're from where? Where are you from? I'm from Richmond, Virginia, eight zero four. Capital of Virginia. I, my, okay. So my my grandma lives in Richmond, Virginia, right now. Really? Yeah. What what parts? Henrico. 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 Yeah. Henrico County. That's yeah. the Native American word for I don't know what, but that's the county that I live in, which is right outside the city of Richmond. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah, it spans. It's huge. It's like it kind of surrounds this. It envelops the city almost like I think half circle kind of vibe mm-hmm. looking like. If you were to look it up on Google Maps, yeah, and uh, I lived in the West West End. They called it the Burbs. You, you have they have a West End over there. Yeah, they do, and wow. it's it's, a, it's completely different than our West End, right? Well, not completely <laughs> different. And you know what I'm saying? It's like still civilized America. Yeah, you know, yeah. you know what messed me up about Virginia is the time I went up there, and y'all got those underwater tunnels. You sit there and you oh, drive, yeah. and it goes underneath the water, and you, and you lose drive. Uh, you lose radio signal for a bit. And Man, I can't. Yeah, I, it's it, it's a trip. I can't do that. Yeah, I can't. Why be I any, that's why I don't do. Uh, I don't do radio single. Mm-mm. I still have my Spotify was still working. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Um, so you came from Richmond, Virginia, and when did you move here? What year? Mm. I moved here, 2010, October-ish. Maybe yeah, October. So post flood, I went came through, here right after the flood. That's crazy. That was but the before first year, the flood of people. Before the yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the fir- I, first time I went to the Grand Opera was the week before the flood. Wow, that was the last Chris time Young, for a long time. Yeah, huh? Chris yeah. Young played and Jimmy Dickens played. Yeah, that thing was shut down. Okay. Yeah, and then the next week was like done. Craziness. Yeah. I actually had. So before I moved here, 
I had been to Nashville, I think just one other time mm-hmm. with my punk band that I was in for a long time in college. And we played in some like, so you got to understand, I, I came from a whole different world before mm-hmm. being in Nashville. And like, um, I'll back up a little bit. So I went to University of Virginia. Okay. Because I, my screen name was MJR for UVA since fifth grade because my dad went there twice. He was undergrad and lawyer there. And I grew up going to all the football games. And I just kind of like, it wasn't like I thought I had to do it, but like I thought I had to do it. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, right. Gotcha. Like that was just like my rite of passage as a, as a Reeves man. I was going to do that like my dad did. And I did band and stuff all in middle school and high school. Played, I'm a drummer. So that's kind of right. where I come from. I, I came out the womb tapping on things. Not literally, but almost Not literally. literally almost, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I got my first drum set and like, well, I got a Fraggle Rock drum set when I was in preschool and then... <laughs> Fraggle Rock, um, nice. In middle school, I finally convinced my dad to buy me like a professional drum kit and I took band and jazz band and all that stuff in middle school. I had a blast doing that. Started all these punk rock cover bands and high school it got into more serious music like a little bit of like screaming and metal and stuff like that and um but all the while i was trying to go to uva so i ended up going so here i am 18 years old go to go to uva this is like bro college mm-hmm. not really knowing not thinking really in front of my nose like just kind of going to school because this is what i always was trying to do at the same time i just started this new like hardcore band that i was really excited about called swamp thing with a bunch of my friends from back home who were kind of younger and they were all into that like straight edge punk scene. And I've always been kind of like an outsider chameleon can kind of, right. I kind of like that about myself. But, um, so it was just interesting kind of straddling, uh, going to this new college experience and then also trying to do that band hustle pretty much on the weekends in the summer. And then that's, uh, so in college I met, uh, this dude, Will Anderson, when I was in, my freshman year because I had seen him all over campus. Like he was uh, in this cool, but he's like one of the only, there was one of the only bands at UVA and they were called Sparky's Flaw and they were signed to Mercury, um, which was crazy. I thought like, cause it just so, that so wasn't the culture of UVA. Like it's liberal arts, mm-hmm. double popped collar bros mm-hmm. and sorority girls. <laughs> but that's like, that's like, that's, that's like the poster. I feel, like, I feel like that's every college though. That mm-hmm. yeah, is. Here's this like dude who's a little counterculture in that he's wearing like this Copeland hat and uh, leading this this acapella group, mm-hmm. singing all these cool covers. And then he's also in this cool band he's fronting. And then, sure enough, I was in a class with him at UVA. You know, I was like, oh, like low key idolized him. You know, and then right. we became friends, and we would hang out in the back of class and cut up. And I graduated from UVA um, in 2009. And Will had been out for one year, and he was on the road. Um, they were on the road doing their thing. And he calls me, or he texted me out of the blue when I was in the middle of, it was, I was doing this mock trial. I was, like, finding all these ways to make money this summer. And I was, like, I was finding all these, like, I would get on yeah. Craigslist and find all these odd things. And, and I would go, I, would, I found these studies that would pay me, like, $250 to go do, like, try new flavors of dip and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I, I didn't really do dip, but I needed the $250. Right. So I was in this mock trial, like, kind of, like, on that hustle. And kind of, like, treading water at that time in my life, working at the YMCA, recording pretty much every hardcore band or acoustic folk band or therein, anywhere in between in Richmond. Like, that was kind of, like, my niche. Like, this, like, 
recording dude who was in a bunch of bands. Mm-hmm. He was out there getting it. Yeah, man. Just kind of that, just just that open spray. Not sure what I'm doing. Just kind of right. A little bit, a little bit of everything. Right. Yeah. So he he texts me out of nowhere, and I remember getting it, like as I'm sitting there, and he's like, "Hey, bro, would you be down to move to Nashville with me like next month?" And like, dude, damn. <laughs> it was crazy. It was just as random and wild as that. And I was, and I didn't even think twice about it. It's like, dude, yes. Let me call you a little bit later. I'm at this thing. And we talked, and like, lo and behold, um, the next month I was, we were in Nashville, and uh, it was pretty crazy, man. That's kind of where the Nashville journey began. And he was already plugged in. He had their band had been touring with Hotel Ray. Right. Have you heard of them? Yep. Yeah. So so we got in like 3 a.m. on this one fall evening, and it was just amazing. Oh, this one Dude, fall. It was it was amazing. And then like waking up the next day is like oh I'm in this brand new city. And we went to go eat at Bread and Company with like Nash Overstreet and Ryan Falaze and, and Will and I and then and a couple other people. And so that was like my first dose of any of this community. And, I, and that from there, that's how I kind of right. found my whole footing. But it was just as random and kind of wild card as that. I had no idea I was ever going to end up in Nashville. I didn't even, I kind of like didn't really love country music for a long time. So I kind of, I kind of associated Nashville. I just didn't want to be put in a box. That's my whole right, theme. Right. 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 And if anyone ever, ever meets Mikey, Mikey is definitely not a person you can, and you can tell that immediately. He's not a person who likes to stay in a box, which is I great. So, no. no, that's like great. No, break out that box, bro. You have to break out the box. <laughs> you got to no. break out that thing. So when did you start? So you, you got here, you got here post flooding. Mm-hmm. PF. Look at this is how that just just rolled off. The <laughs> it just rolls off really good. PF. Huh? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> post, and, uh, so in the fall. On a mm. limb, you, like literally a month before. Yeah. And so Will pretty much immediately goes off to finish the album that they were making. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's instantly gone like a lot. Mm-hmm. I had no friends and I didn't want to be that guy. Like I don't have the door-to-door knife salesman shamelessness that like right. would probably have allowed me to like hit up like Ryan and Nash and be like, hey dudes, remember me? Like the dude you met through Will? Like I was just a little too proud for that. So I like... Um, I watched a lot of Netflix. Went went to different grocery stores to compare prices on stuff. Like I literally had nothing to do. Actually, like thinking back on it, man, what would it be like if I had nothing? That would be so incredible. Like I now lust over that sort of a scenario. Anyways, so uh, it was just a really exciting time. I didn't really care that I felt kind of like lonely. It was just an mm-hmm. exciting lonely. Um, and then Will eventually asked me to go on the road with him. Just being a glorified road bro. I was changing strings. Like wow. I was like the guitar tech the guitar, in quotes. Yeah. But you know, I didn't I had to be taught all the and I definitely couldn't set up a guitar. It's nothing like that. It was just right. I knew how to take care of people to a basic extent. I call myself I gave myself all these titles like vibe coordinator. Um Wait a minute, what'd you just say? A vibe coordinator? I need, yeah, vibe coordinator. I like made someone. sure everybody's phones were charged and that we had like Nog Champa in the green room sometimes and that there was enough beers in the fridge. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. I'm going to look into that and being a vibe coordinator. I'm going to call oh, Jimmy Allen and ask you, you need a vibe coordinator? Dude, do you, are you guys in the market? It's, I think it's like that's like a very like new age kind of position I can yeah. see being like a thing. As soon as like spirituality is yeah. like mainstream, it'll be like, Keeping the morale we need like a vibe thing. coordinator, somebody that just brings maybe like a black lights and tapestries and good vibes. Wow. Shit, I needed that when I was on the road. Right? <laughs> Shit. I maybe definitely needed that when light. I was on the road. Nobody needs a black light on the road. Oh, man. It shows too much, if you know what I mean. 
<laughs> that's real talk. It's way, it's way too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> leave the crime let scene. The, leave it. Just let leave the it alone. Unpack that. Um, you moved here. You started doing the road stuff. You. When did you start writing? Like, were you mm-hmm. writing? Now, were you writing in, when you were in Virginia, or did you just um, start writing here in Nashville? So I guess like, it's a. I hesitate because it's just like writing pre-Nashville was like right. a different thing to me. Right. In the sense that, sure, I felt like I was like in all my bands, I would like. I'd be part of the songwriting process. I love the song. I love the creative process. Like making records, making songs is just, it lights me up. It's, it's a sustainable source of my like right. creative interest. And, uh, but when I moved here, I mean, meeting the people I met, mentioned, Nash Overstreet and Ryan Falze, they both have, in fact, like both of Ryan's parents are fantastic songwriters, legendary songwriters. And I instantly was like immersed in this, this culture this writing culture I just couldn't yeah. believe that that was a thing like right. I just had no idea I had no idea that was a thing but it instantly clicked as like kind of my nature at the time in the sense that I, I decided I wanted to get a publishing deal really early on moving to Nashville but I didn't know how the hell I was going to do that and the first thing was just like working up I guess the confidence to like feel like I could hang or like just participate in that you know because I right. It was, it's just interesting, man. Like when you get to this, which I'm sure you guys feel me on this, but it's like you get to this hotbed of just the most wicked talented songwriters you can pretty much find or like right. all here. So it's very inspiring and intimidating all at once. You said when you are put in like rooms that are writers who've been doing it for God knows how long or just writers in general who you think could be like who are actually doing this on a regular basis and yeah. you're just doing like part-time or whatever or you're new to it it's very intimidating right yeah nashville has the best songwriters i don't give a damn what anyone says dude yeah and they, they might be like normal nice people that are right yeah. in front of you but they cast a huge shadow they and cast like, a huge shadow like, yeah and it's like like the, you get the living room legends that it's like wow it's like just the sheer wow factor of being like in this community or like mm-hmm. just like geographically in this community mm-hmm. I was like wow this is it was just everything was eye-opening and amazing and like yeah man what a Nashville moving to Nashville is so was such a god thing because I just had no idea right. that right. I was going to end up here but and I was open-minded enough to be like all right come in there doesn't mean you're going to instantly get country fried and <laughs> that's very true <laughs> but yeah because I mean I guess I wasn't really thinking about that too much at first because you know Parachute and Hot Shell Ray they were not they were not country about anything. There's nothing country about nothing them. Nothing country about no. them at all. Mm-mm. So, but yeah, That's that kind of. Crazy. But uh, to my writing, the writing started in the Nashville songwriting approach capacity. That was like, a very much in part, uh, I will give a lot of credit to Will Anderson, uh, who, I mean, he writes all the par- all parachutes music, right. pretty much solo. Like, there's not a ton of co-writes on it. He is just. I remember taking a songwriting class mm-hmm. in UVA, and he was in he was in that class with me he was just really good at songwriting and I was really flattered and really humbled that he would involve me in the songwriting process and when we would move there like when we didn't have anything to do and it was just me and him him and I we would just work on whatever we felt like working on it was just such a free and open thing sometimes we would make rap music sometimes we would make what we thought were like competitive country pitches because he was signed to Warner Chapel I think out of LA and BJ Hill inherited it and BJ was really kind and warm to both of us, not just Will, to me. You know, I would go see him every six months or so and kind of show him what I've been working on for a while. 
and he would give me constructive criticism and feedback and you know I would just, my my plan was just to kind of slowly build my sense of self-worth and confidence and kind of take it day by day and so I should mention like so being on the road with parachute for I mean between a year or two uh, helped me like financially float when I first moved here and then I decided I wanted to come off because I really wanted to focus the hustle you know like I dude it's like summer camp on wheels when yeah. you're on the road yeah and you really have yes. no responsibility None whatsoever just, dude I was mm. essentially like the glorified class clown like on the it was awesome <laughs> it's like it was just it was a good time but I was like okay I need to figure out what's going on here and um I tried to get a job at a couple of different places. Like it just, it wasn't in the cards, you know? And so I did, but here's what I did. I was, I knew how to, I was pretty agile on the computer as in like I could melodyne vocals. I could mix things to, you know, right. Not as good as some people, but I could, I, I, I'm confident with mixing, confident with tuning, confident with doing demos for people. So I had enough just business from all my friends that needed those kind of services that when I transitioned off the road, that's what I did for years before I got a publishing deal was just, you know, jack of all, just a hodgepodge of gigs. Of everything, yeah. You know? Yeah, and then I finally landed that old publishing deal in uh, 2016. Oh, wow. It took you six years. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's, a, that's, that's, that's really great because a lot of people, it takes 10 years or more right. to get it. And that's really fucking great. Yeah, and there was definitely years. like seasons when I took the foot off the proverbial gas and since like I didn't, I didn't go out. It was, a, it was a definitely like a self-conscious thing. Like I, there was periods where I just didn't want to meet with BJ again or I didn't want to meet mm-hmm. with another publisher again because I just didn't, I, it was a self-defeat. You know, you're always, that's what you felt. Yeah. When, it's like it's the self-defeating nature of yeah. being a, like finding the juju to be a creator. It's like, it's just tough and it's like a, a day-to-day arduous kind of right. gradual hike and mm-hmm. um, man I just at a certain point I, especially too going through like a couple of relationships that taught me that that redefined solid ground and like or the lack thereof I was just like man I can't worry too much about there's just certain things that you just can't put too much you can't put too much thought into you can't into invest it. too much worry yeah. and energy into there's time and energy is spilling sand and we only have it so much and it's just like there's just and that's easier said than done like sometimes it does it feels more authentic to be pessimistic or like what I would call realistic about certain things but you just can't man there's just like you can't you gotta have winner's mentality if you're gonna be doing this thing man you gotta have the winner's mentality so yeah. like like I couldn't be a songwriter because Why do you say you, that? well because you know I don't like sometimes you know when I hear people write songs you know saying they gotta put feelings on the line and everything and I don't you know I don't like everybody to know my feelings you know so I like to keep my feelings to myself right how do you feel about that like going into a right not knowing who that next person is and actually like basically putting your feelings sometimes on the line when it comes to writing those certain yeah. songs mm-hmm. well in terms of that like aspect like I kind of thrive on that I like part of why I love being a songwriter and being in the producer role when it comes to making music is because man I'm just I'm a processor and like a thinker and just a deep chewer of of thoughts and things and feelings and right. I love I love just airing shit out and talking about people's what they're going through so right I love that therapeutic aspect the loosening you know the pre-gardening that you got to do sometimes to get 
to get into that that sweet spot, that G spot right. of of, of right. the songwriting process sometimes. So, but but then again, I mean, not every song you write is is emotionally rooted in the sense that sometimes you have it's more you got a title and it's driven by the concept. It's really not necessary to be like in tune with your feelings or you don't you don't have to be vulnerable like so you can like for the co-writer like you you can be a co-writer that never taps into those and that's sometimes what i struggle with too because you know i'm like my role generally speaking is such like the the co-writer and the the producer and the um like i'm i'm trying to right coddle and usher the energy and like right and the and the flow and the thought and the arc of the song so much um for somebody else's vision a lot of times right you know trying to meet in the middle of like get behind it like be where they are and embody that whatever that lyric whatever we're doing that right. track um but I'm, I'm coming to this point in my life where i'm like i gotta do something for me on my own for nobody else like right because it, that's the thing too man like like to zoom zoom out a little bit like my, I have a younger brother and a younger sister. My brother's two years younger than me. My sister's five years younger. And they were both like ravenous songwriters in their early youth. Like my sister rocked by Taylor Swift and, and, that, and all those people of that era. Like mm-hmm. she's a rabid music listener. Like I still have a text thread with her and Will Anderson where we talk about like the new, you know, like we were just talking about the new Jonas Brothers thing. Right. So she's a, a big music person. My brother's a big music person. And they were both super confident songwriters when they were young. Like, and I saw that and I was like, man, I want to be that. Like, and they would do it by themselves. And like, I could never like write a song by myself. I had to have Someone. a band or a platform that wasn't of my own. So it's like, it was just really interesting moving here. It's like this like slow build of just developing that yeah that sense of self-worth and, and I, i'm now feeling that itch to kind of write and create stuff all on my own and right. like fulfill that because i really haven't done that what am i trying to say i trying to take a little bit of the ego out of it in the sense that i want to just create from a pure space and just not like a not from a place of fear I've, right. I've, I've been starting to feel like um and this and when i tell people about this sometimes they don't understand it but like especially this year with like a little bit of stuff with starting to gain just a skosh of traction and like having this Kaylee project like my first project of this caliber kind of done it's kind of pressure cooked some things inside of me and I feel like gradually started operating more and more out of a place of fear as as opposed to just not uh, just surrendering to the creative right. process whatever i feel like is literally the, the coolest thing that i'm most connected to right like if it's a, if it's when it comes to production or something like that you know like the the flow that i was in in the kaylee project of in in terms of tracks and production and then and then that that point of songwriting when i had really nothing nothing on spotify that people could click on and right. i just i was just trying to just be heard and like and in my co-writes with, with my buddies we were writing stuff that was like weird and wide open and like and 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 provocative you right. know and then when i just when i taste a little bit of like oh, oh here's another hole here's not like it's like oh okay i'm starting to kind of like you know because music row is such a it's such a narrow sidewalk you know it's mm-hmm. like yeah <laughs> you if i don't know and i'm su- like i said i'm in such a 
I have such an part of me is such an analytical brain. Yeah. You know, and part of me is such a feeler, and I'm always it's a tug of war inside. Right. So it's like I'm, you know, I see the writing. I see what's working on radio, and I see what people are cutting, and I see what other my other peers are doing. It's like I could go for that, but like the stuff that people seem to respond the most to. This whole year, the theme of this whole year is getting back to the center, like back to my inner child, back to, back to yeah. yeah, back to the original spark of what made me excited about rolling up here. Because that gets, because that that you can get burned out, and that spark can leave you. It yeah, can get, it can get lost. I think the great oh, the modern prophet John Mayer said, like, our only job is to not burn out. Right, man. I've been. I'm glad I've been doing some meditation recently because it's like you know, like being able to like to zone out. Yeah, that spark. But that spark does that spark. It's really tough sometimes to to keep that spark, especially when like you've been going through a whole lot of hardship. And it's hard, it. and it's hard, especially if you're coming from another city to just right. Get it, just and you have no family or anything here. Yeah, right. New territory, new ground, yeah. new everything. And um, just being kind of like so, the role I'm in as songwriter producer, you know, it's like the I'm like the project captain on a lot of things. Like they're always hitting people hitting me up for demos and and. Um, some of my peer artist friends wanting to do tracks together and stuff like that and um, it's really easy for me in my position I'm super grateful for this but it's really easy for me to get dragged along by my busyness mm-hmm. to like go into effectively autopilot and I could, my career could grow if I do that you know right. I could take my hands off the wheel people sometimes will be like dude your work ethic like you're such a workaholic it's so it's so like inspiring to watch but the fact of the matter is like for me I'm just grateful that I've had the wherewithal and the fortune to kind of like land in a spot where I get to binge my passion for a job. Like Mm -hmm. there's, it's, I'm, yes, I'm working hard, but it's like, and I feel like I'm working smart, but you know, I'm just effectively just binging what I love to do. Right. Right. So, and in places where I feel, start to feel spread thinner, like a lot of people, I'm like a people pleaser at heart too, you know? So it's like, uh, I just wrestle a lot with, uh, establishing my boundaries like you know right so at what point did you meet your wife because mm. mm. emily emily's personality between these two is like night and day <laughs> yeah is that yin and yang it's totally and it's and it's great because it's like i feel like she balances you out mm-hmm. a whole lot so when did y'all meet wow <laughs> <laughs> so we met in 2012 and the circumstance was, I was living in the bro house mm-hmm. on Roy Croft, which is like right at 8th and Wedgwood. Right. And the bro house was, was Will Anderson in the master bedroom, me right next to him. Um, uh, a friend of mine at the time, Jason Stoltzfus, was living there, and Harrison Whitford, um, who's in the Tyler Bryant band, and his mm-hmm. dad's in Aerosmith, fun mm-hmm. fact, lived in the attic. And it was just, it was just a glorious season, man. And um, so there was this guy who would. This is not a PG audience, right? I can just no. Like, you can say no, whatever. You can say the fuck. whatever you, you want, can, man. Hey, hey, you can say whatever the fuck you want to say. Yes, sir. Let it fly. Hell yes. <laughs> um, so, so basically, here's the story. There was this dude um, that would come over a lot, smoke a lot of weed together, and play video games and. And I love his, I mean, he's just a, he is a left-brained individual. That's wow. the creative side, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And um, there was one day when he approached me, and he kind of knew that, like, I'd done a bunch of 
acoustic demos for Jason and uh, my roommate and um, he knew that I did that kind of stuff and he asked me to do a demo for this wedding song that he wrote with mm-hmm. a friend of his um, and his friend had uh, knew somebody that's getting married and was asked to write a wedding song and they wrote it together and he played it for me I was like man this is great and the um and so he said, okay, cool. And they came over on this one Wednesday, I believe it was. And uh, Emily came over because she was the writer. She wrote the song, the wedding song, Take right. My Hand, the wedding song, right. for her friends, Bobby and Katie, back in Cleveland, where she hails from. And uh, so that was the day I met Emily, was, was recording this wedding song that Christian Luthi had approached me about. So it's funny, I always, I always joke about, like, the... the the day I met Emily, I don't have a picture or anything besides in my mind. I got, um, but I do have a vocal. But well, I, I got her vocal that day. Like the day I met her, we recorded the vocal for the wedding song, Take My Hand, the Wedding Song, mm-hmm. which has, um, so how coincidental, or the classic universe. Right. You know, right. right. I met her on the uh, tracking that song. And I even remember, because th- I'm, this is not bizarre for me, but like I, I remember thinking, it's like, well, this is a wedding song. Like, what if I marry this girl? That'd be pretty funny. Like, you know, just, just, I remember having that passing thought or whatever because she was cool. Like, you know, and I was, I actually had a girlfriend at the time, but I just remember being like, man, this, this girl is pretty, it's pretty unreal. I mean, her voice is just striking. Like, I yes. just couldn't believe. Right. Yes. I mean, like I said, it was, that's the, t- we, we, it wasn't, but like two years before we, we released Take My Hand on DSPs and um, those platforms and, We've never had to replace her vocal because he just crushed it that day. So I have a question. Hit me. So y'all got married. Did y'all play y'all song at your own wedding? <laughs> uh, I think, you know, we didn't walk down the aisle to it. It might have been in like, actually, maybe it was like, yeah, in the pre-processional music. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, her guitars at the time, Taylor Ivy, who plays bass in Luthi. And Vicky Vaughn, she was playing with this like bluegrass outfit at the time. Uh-huh. And this this phase of her career, Emily Hackett, the artist, was like in this cool bluegrass trio. And you can hear that kind of approach in this raw EP, which is the first thing Emily and I worked on right after that wedding song. Um, yeah, so they played they played that song in the professional. Um, but we walked down the aisle to a Little Feet song. Okay. Uh, wow. Rolling easy. Um, wow. I have a quick, really juicy story about that though. Um, so we got married, and there was only one other couple at this resort we were at um, in San Pedro, like up on that island. It's like the Chesapeake Bay of Belize. It's like yeah, this little, yeah. And um, so we were on this resort. We were at this resort, her and I, and we there, we knew there was only one other couple. I don't know why. I guess it's off season. I think that's why we went to Belize. Um, people showed up later in the week, but so we we wanted to make friends with them. We showed up at the uh, resort bar. We were drinking and whatnot, and we were talking about things. And they were from Alabama, and, and obviously they got married on the same day because they were on the same honeymoon. Right. Um, and they were they were awesome. I just I, I loved their energy. They were wild and having a good time. And I was talking to them, and they were like, "Yeah, so what do y'all do?" And I was like, "Yeah, we're national songwriters." She's like, "Oh my God, no way!" Like, um, you know, what kind of music is like? Actually, you know, it's funny. It's like my wife. She wrote a wedding song. Um, uh, she's like, wait, what's her name? I was like, Emily Hackett. She goes, shut up, no way. Oh my God, are you kidding me? Shut <laughs> up, no way. I was like, I was like, yeah. I'm, and I pulled out my phone. And I played the song. She's like, no, oh my God, oh my God, seriously, 
I walked down the aisle to that song. I was looking for a wedding song for two weeks. I was, I was looking online every day. I was perusing, looking online, trying to find something to walk down the aisle to. And I remember the day I found it, I found this song. I called my mom and go, Mom, I know what I'm going to walk down the aisle to. And I squalled. I was crying. I couldn't believe it. And, when, and you know, wedding day, all my, all my bridesmaids, they were squalling. That's what, that's what they call crying. Crying. That, oh, we squalling. were squalling. squalling. Walking down the aisle. Oh, my God. Dude, but like literally, this couple that we were in Belize with on the same honeymoon had walked down the aisle to the wedding song. To the wedding song that you Dude, guys Dude, I mean, wrote. that is... If Holy that ain't classic shit. universe, man, there are no accidents, man. Holy shit. But that's, that's, that's how it be. Wow. So do you produce your, your wife? Um, or do y'all not put business in well, person? <laughs> okay. It's and, not a black and white question. And if you do, is that hard to do mm. that? Well, yes. That last question, yes, it is hard in some, in some respects. Yeah. So the scenario when we got when we got home from Belize after the wedding was Emily had this album to make, or mm-hmm. she made it, she made this album with, with Davis Nash. Right. Um, we had done, okay, let me, okay, let me go back. We had, obviously I produced the, the wedding song. Right. Um, and I'd done this raw EP, which was our whole approach for that. Like, let's not complicate this. Let's like, let's not worry about budget. Let's just grab your band Put them in this new studio room that I have, which is you gotta come by my studio sometime. Another come down, yeah. Grind Central Station yeah. in Track One Building, where Clausen's Pub in Delhi yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, I want to come down. I got that in 2014, and uh, that's when Emily and I. So, so we met in 2012, and then f- flash forward in 2013, she hits me up um, for to do a demo for her, and she goes, "Do you remember who I am?" I was like, "Yes, of course I remember who you are." And I have another story I'd like to tell because of course I remember who she is because when I did the wedding song for her, she was really grateful. She has a very grateful spirit. That's right. what, part of what I love she about does. her. Yeah. Um, and she wanted to bring me brownies on her way to Bonnaroo. She's like, I'd like to give you a gift. Like, thank you so much for doing that. Cause I don't, they didn't pay me for it. Like that's part right. of like, I own part of the master of that oh, wow. because of, because of the way it was when we were all broke, you know, right. Which is still pretty much I am. <laughs> But um, <laughs> aren't we all? We yeah. all are. <laughs> yeah, rich in other ways. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so she, she, I was like, I joked around. I was like, oh, are these special brownies? She goes, I don't know. And I like just kind of left it that. She came by a few days later, and she brought me this plate of warm brownies. And she came to the door, and she gave them to me. And I was like, thank you so much. Um, are these special brownies? And she goes, I don't know. And she was just like, and I just like, you know, our relationship wasn't where it is today. You know, I didn't, right. I didn't like probe her anymore on that. So I got in there and I was like, I was hanging and I was talking or whatever. And I just kept noticing that the brownies I was holding, sucking my roommate or whatever, notes they were, they were warm. So I just like, I just ate a couple of those. And that, that night I was supposed to go over to my, uh, my girlfriend at the time, my ex's place. And um, we were just going to hang out and really do nothing. I was going to order Chinese and. We were going to do nothing. So I got on the phone and started ordering Chinese food. And it started hitting me really hard. And I was like, wait, what is going on? Am I, am I talking? Am I on the phone? Am I ordering a backpack from L.L. Bean? Why does, because wires got crossed. I didn't know what was going on. That's some good brownies. Because, yeah, they were really good. Well, see, the thing is I ate, 
I ate two of them, but it turned out it was four because they were kind of double-deckered. And at that time, I wasn't super, like, great at being stoned. Like, I, it was very... It rocked my world, and I forgot. I just wasn't thinking. It was, it was the perfect scenario in case I didn't, expe- I didn't see it coming. Right. I wasn't expecting it. So I was on the phone ordering Chinese food, very confused why the person on the line didn't know the lay of the land because I was trying to explain to them where my ex's apartment complex was in Green Hills, and, and, and they didn't know where it was because I think it was outsourced. It was like in the early days of, like, of like those, those like, some of those apps where it's like, yeah. or those services where whoever was taking my order was not at the Chinese restaurant. So they didn't know, and I, that was tripping me out. And then, and then when it was tripping me out, I was like, wait, oh, I'm not ordering. F- oh, I'm, I'm on the phone with L.L. Bean ordering a backpack. <laughs> I sw- you didn't even order the food? You didn't what? get the food? No, I ordered the food. I just, wires were crossed. That's all I can say. <laughs> Anyways, somehow I ordered the food, and then I had to drive over there, which in retrospect was a terrible, terrible. So I left, I was at my house in, on 8th and Wedgwood, mm-hmm. and I had to drive to Green Hills. And very stoned from this, not completely like, kind of realizing it, but it's like, oh man, it was just a, it was just, I can't describe it because if I didn't, like, this all was new to me. Like I had only been, I could count the amount of times I've been high on my hands. Like so, I, I just didn't really, right. It just it knocked me sideways. So when she asked me, flash forward, and in, in like January, February, two thousand thirteen, do you remember who I am? I was like, of course I remember who you are. <laughs> Got me high. As shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm still going to therapy for it. I'm just kidding. Happy no, high as shit. Happy no, it's, right. it's just Pat funny, man. What it, like? Right? It's just so funny. Like the circumstance surrounding me meeting Emily is just so interesting to talk about. Cause right. it's just like She's the wedding song person. and her giving me pot brownies and like, yeah. And I didn't think I was gonna be dating her, so I told my mom that there's a girl giving. I told my mom about the situation because I thought it was funny. And then when I told her I was dating this girl, she was really happy for me. My mom falls in love with everybody like quicker mm-hmm. than I do almost. And so yeah. like. And so, and then I told, and then I connected the dots later on, and and she's a gracious spirit, so she laughed about it. But it's like, it's just funny. It's just funny how things play out, you know. Wow, isn't that interesting? But it's like stories like that is great, man, because she came this way, you came that way, and then all you know what, everything came full circle. Exactly, man. Wow. I'm just like, I've never been in a place in my life where I'm. I mean, there just are no accidents, you know. Right. It's everything happens for a reason. Right. Everything collides you know, for a reason. Everything happens. Time for a is an illusion, and so like in the grand scheme of things, it's all like, oh, of course th- it happened like this. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. 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 That's crazy. That's funny shit, though. <laughs> That's funny shit. Dang, yeah. I, I need to try one of her brownies. I know. Actually, well, <laughs> we'll talk about it after the podcast. Yeah, we'll talk about that. <laughs> we'll talk about that after the podcast. Going on. <laughs> <laughs> <Side> hustle. <laughs> Okay. My, grandma, um, my grandma listens to this podcast now. Oh, okay, well, I'll, that's I'll a keep, lie. I'll keep it a little. We're low. gonna keep that. No, yeah. that's a lie. That's a lie. Mm-hmm. She doesn't even know how to work an iPhone. Um, <laughs> she's still on iPhone five C. Bless, <laughs> bless her, bless her heart. Um, so, how hard was it for you when you when you got your pub deal? How hard was it to keep that spark? Because mm-hmm. I know that you had to go through some things after you get your pub deal. Because once you get a pub deal, that's okay. That's one accomplishment. But at the same time, it's like, well, yeah, the whole process. I mean, the pub deal ordeal yeah. was um, was kind of emotionally tumultuous for me because, you know, back to my people pleasing nature. Um, you know, I, I get this. I get one. I get a publishing deal offer. 
uh, in late 2015 by somebody that I had known for a long time and somebody that I really respected and I was very flattered. And, you know, I was going to do that. Like, that's the publishing deal I was going to I was going to go for. I was like, you know, I'm going to stay loyal to my soil. You know, I'm going to I'm going to go with that. But then he's like, OK, go get you don't have a lawyer, get a lawyer. So, I, you know, I went Monday through Friday. It was, it was funny. I literally went to see five different lawyers Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And um, the, on Monday, I'd seen Scott Safford. And I, did, I don't know why. Scott. I just <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, because I thought, I was like, well, I'm just, my dad's a corporate lawyer. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to use my dad for, like, whenever that time comes. Like, I'm just going to use my, like, dad's lawyer. But I just didn't understand, like, what lawyer, like, right. I knew what he did. I didn't know what, like, inter- I didn't know what lawyers, lawyers do. do. So once I kind of got on board with Scott, he kind of did the lawyer thing. And then I, next thing I know, I had two more, like, deal offers. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And for a couple months there, like that whole fall of 2015, because this was, it took right. me like four months to kind of right. figure it all out. I, you know, I would, I would meet with all three of these publishers and, and I guess with the, my approach to protect myself, the approach with the other two was like my, I was just going to be like, I'm going to go in here with like this, like nothing to lose kind of posture because I'm not going to, I know I'm not going to sign with, with anybody else, but, um, this this person who who offered me a publishing deal i'm just choosing to be cryptic about this but like just for the sake of the story but like so you know i go into these other these other two publishers office thinking uh, here's i'm just going to get on the radar maybe get a couple of rights from them right stay open but just you know know what you're going to do so that was kind of my approach with these other two publishers and they and but then because of that kind of spirit i mean i kind of connected with I, I found, next thing I know, I found myself connecting with all of them. You know what I'm saying? Like feeling, oh man, damn it. They all got their pros and cons. If I put this on paper, I can see, you know, you know. Yeah. I'm not quite sure, you know. But then I was like, no, nah, I'm going to stay with, stick with it. But, you know, after really like thinking about it and spiritualizing it for a while, I just realized that like I got to do what feels right. I got to set myself up to win. I got to like not sell myself short. I got to think of like my career more long term than maybe what some of these conversations look like. Mm, Oh, that was deep right there. Yeah. Mm. So (laughs) that was real deep. You know, that's a conversation everyone should have with themselves before they make a decision. Is Mm -hmm. that a lot of people don't. A lot of people are just so quick at creating or or making a decision that it is a good, they don't think they think short term because it looks good on paper right right there. They never think, okay, five years from now though. Yeah. It, like, what benefit is going to be for you? If you're looking for a new yeah. house, it's like you, you you find one house that you like really like turned on, like, oh my God. Right. But like it's your due diligence to kind of like. To go through everything. Yeah, just yeah. to kind of get a little more perspective than just the one. Th- mm-hmm. And I'm not like, there's no fault on any of these one publishers, but it's like opening, like finally just like opening my mindset, opening my heart, knowing in myself that like, I'm not a bad person for not necessarily going with the first house right. I saw. Right. Right. And, um, you gotta shop yourself. Yeah, it t- it was, but basically the way I kind of, so all that to say, it was just a very um, emotional process, and I felt you know lots of guilt about m- what, the way my gut was feeling. But I could, you know, I couldn't deny that. Like I was just feeling drawn to Universal and Ron Stuvey. I don't know why Ron Stuvey. He d- he kind of has like kind of the opposite personality of me. Mm-hmm. He's like, um, he's to the point, abrasive at times like very honest and 
you know, I'm mm. a sensitive, soft soul, but at the same time, dude, that I, I need that. Like, that's right. what I need. And so it just, that felt right. And then I liked the spirit of Universal's hustle. It was very, it was, it had the name, it had Universal's name tag, mm. Coca-Cola. But then it also, the Nashville office is, is just a particular office. You know, it's, it's, it's special in the sense that it has a very familial feel. Right. And I really, I really not just liked, I really wasn't just digging Ron. I was digging Travis Gordon and, and Cindy Foreman, you know, mm-hmm. like it was, I was really, I was vibing on the whole, the whole synergy team. of the place. Yeah. Yeah. Those, so, are, those are good people over there, man. Ken Earls and all that. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. It those, was, those are good people. I feel people. super blessed and fortunate and lucky to have landed there because, you know, obviously that's what I went with because spoiler alert, that's what I'm signed to. And, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I went, I went to the other two publishers and I brought them a bottle of whiskey and I shook their hands and I thanked them. And I'll never forget when one of them tells me, he's like, he looked at me like kind of shocked at first that I came up to, like came to him personally at his office and thanked him. But then he's like, Oh, it's all good. I'll see you in four years. And then it made me realize motherfucker for like, I wasn't like, it was just a realization of for these people. It's business, you know? Yeah. For me, it's like, wow. or at least how it feels. Like, for me, this is my this is my life. This is my path. This is, things will be unlaid. And I will explain. They were unlaid, you know, from whatever I chose. Mm-hmm. You, know, right. you can't possibly know the fruits of whatever tree you're about to climb. You just, you can't know until you do it. So, you know, when I talk about this stuff, it, it's, it's always like these no, no duh reaffirmations of just how things are, you know. What was, what was the best advice given to you? Because I'm sure, you, I'm sure you've, you've talked to a lot of people before you got the pub deal. What oh, was, man, what yeah, was, that's my play. Yeah. I, I consult everybody. Like, yeah. I, I'm a feeler and a processor, but out here. Like, you have to hear everything. I, like, I'm right. not. got to get people who's closest to you opinions on mm-hmm. things. Like, cause they, because they know, you just, they know you, and they know, like, some people may have. People close to you, someone may not have the best the best interest in you they're still pointing out things that you may not see right right. you may not you know that you might be missing well Um, i guess i guess the advice that i can that i can clearly go back to in this like i remember the moment when i opened my perspective to thinking i could sign with somebody besides the first person that offered me a deal and again this is all self-imposed i mean that's the theme of my life right all these like preconceived notions i have are self-imposed right projections of what you think things should be based on what civilization? Anyways, I, I digress. So I, I remember I was at Tin Dog Tavern, drunk with my buddy Abby, Good Vibes Gutierrez, mm-hmm. uh, uh, one of my like closest friends who I've been writing with since way pre-publishing deal era. Him, him and I and Adam James write together a lot, write some cool bangers. Nice. Um, and he was just like, he was just telling me, and he doesn't, he's still, uh, he's, he's looking for a publishing deal right now. Um, but, and so I listened to him because his perspective was fresh and hungry. You know, he had... But he was like, dude, he, he pretty much told me, he's like, you got to do what's right for you, big dog. He's like, you need to do what feels right to mm-hmm. you. Like, you're, you're factoring in a lot of outside things that when the dust settles is not really going to, it, you're, you're going to almost be disappointed by listening to, you know what I'm right. saying? Right, right. Yeah. Which, good Lord, he was right, you know? So I just, so far, I still have just a lot of good energy in my publishing deal and like, I just love that whole, I've become so close with Cindy Foreman and like the whole office is, just, and that's, that's how I met Kaylee. We wrote together because she's, she signed there. She signed there. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I met 
Ryan Hurd very quickly, yep. wrote a bunch of songs with him, and we had a song called We Do Us that he put out, and we thought it was gonna do big things. Like we, Everybody was pumped on it. That was the first time I, I wrote with him and Laura Veltz, and Laura Veltz, flashback, I had Laura met Veltz. early on, because when Will got a publish, or when Will moved to Nashville mm-hmm. and he got his, he got B.J. Hill as mm-hmm. his rep here, they threw him in. They threw him in the fire with like Laura Veltz and Nicole Galleon and like Casey Musgraves wow. and, and Zach Malloy and all these people. So I met all these people really, really quickly, really early on. Right. And like became close. I was like close with uh, Nicole Galleon there for for a whole season when I first moved here, and she was really helpful to kind of like guiding my hustle and. And I, and, and I just remember feeling like, man, Laura is a funky, cool individual because yeah. things that she had grown in her backyard that she was eating for lunch, like, man, this girl is funky and cool. I love this girl. And I've known her for a long time. So it's a lot of, like, a lot of anticipation. You know, like, it's a lot of, like, aligning energy and relationships and circumstance and getting them to a place where, you know, so basically, long story short. So here we are. I'm writing with Laura Veltz and Ryan Hurts. And I love, I mean, I thought Ryan, I mean, I think Ryan Hurts is like the coolest thing ever. Like, yes. Yeah. And I think he was underrated. I think and I'm, underrated I had like too. this track ready for him. I was like, dude, I, you know, I loved it. when I'm writing for people like the, the big people on my calendar or the people that I'm just really excited about and really don't want, I really want to have something prepared for. I, I do my spiritualizing process where I just get to my studio. Maybe I'm smoking weed. Maybe I'm not. And I like, and I'm just trying to create, call them vibe dias, you know, like some mm-hmm. sort of track or groove or some sort of something to get the mojo going. Something that is already mojo rich that we can right, jump on top of. Right. And I had this, this fire track that I was, I was so excited about because it, it went minor in the, in the bridge and, and like had a triumphant break back to major and like the chorus. And that's the track we wrote, We Do Us too. Nice. Uh, that first day yeah. I wrote with Ryan and that song came out and it didn't end up being a single, but like, um, that's Marin's favorite song. Right. And she, you know, that's kind of all that matters. And yeah. she <laughs> wa- at the time or like, you know, and she wanted to write with Ryan and I, and I was like, holy shit balls. Okay. So, you how, know, is that when like, y'all start writing? Cause did y'all write all my favorite people together? Mm-hmm. I wrote you, both. You, so I have two cuts on Marin's new album, girl. And, which oh my god, it's just the it's craziest a, it's thing. It's a killer album. I just yes. can't believe it. It's a killer I album, sh- and you're a part of it. That's I can't it's fucking it. amazing, man. Hell yeah, it's, it's fucking insane, amazing. Man. I really do hope that all, and I'm and, I, and I'm knocking on wood as well. But I really do hope that all my favorite people becomes a, a, a single. Me too, man. Wouldn't that be I cool? really do. But yeah, so you know, it's like all that, all that, you know, all that stones were paved so I could, so I could get to that situation where where Marin wanted to write with, with Ryan and I. And then she's like, all right, Mikey, come out on the bus with me. Um, the, I got on the bus that Wednesday night with the band. Um, and Thursday morning, I, I, I meet Ryan and, Ryan and Marin. But, um, and they had just gotten engaged, but it wasn't public yet. They right, hadn't told right. anybody. And I was like, oh, my God, this is, congratulations. Like, that was just so exciting. Like, I was like, wow, I can't believe I'm like, wow, this house serendipitous that I'm here on this weekend when they got, Mary, or they just got engaged like wow this is crazy like I'm the only one in, like I was like I wanted to tell my whole family because right. my sister loves like my sister like has been a Marin fan since you know I started sharing demos so that I what, saw on SoundCloud what was your sister's reaction when you told her that you have two cuts on Marin Morris's album right oh man I mean and she's a huge fan of Marin Morris it's she, just so cool I feel like I have this whole like vicarious side hustle with my mom and my sister and like my family because we just t- we just geek out about this stuff like 
I don't know. It's, it's literally as cool as it seems. Like it's, it's crazy. I, and it's, I'm great. I'm 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 happy that you had that because I don't have because my family they don't really know anything about the music industry. So when I mm-hmm. tell them like something that's really exciting, it's like, well, what's that mean? <laughs> it's yeah, the like, You saw any songs recently? Yeah. yeah. It's like there's there's, there's this contextual <laughs> thing. Like you know you know. But I just knew that that was a huge opportunity, and um, I mean. That was the weekend we wrote Great Ones. That was the track I had ready. Right. It was Great Ones. And we wrote it. They were riding that high of, of being engaged, you know, and it was unpublicized, you know, at that point. They, 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 I think she tweeted about it or Instagrammed about it on that Sunday, and we wrote that. We only wrote one song that weekend, but it was just, it was cool because Lucy Silvis and Nellie Osborne. And a couple other and fancy hey good a couple of mm-hmm. people came up for that show and we just had a great time and and you know earlier that day I was like you know getting the dim, the demo for great ones right and you know Ryan would come back to the back lounge after we had gotten that vocal and he, and he would listen to the track and be like more drums more drums and you know I just like I was just like you know just you know tying the track up and we were jamming to it that night and then you know I knew that they were feeling it and that she dug it and there's good energy surrounding the whole weekend and the whole writing process and it was just really it was just surreal man i mean marin is just just such a beast and so is ryan so it's like both of them together and their chemistry is just like it's electric man it's boogie woogie it's woogie woogie <laughs> it was crazy man um That's i just couldn't phenomenal. yeah and so i just had no idea what that song would do and then lo and behold so that was two that was almost two years ago so two summers right. ago and then fast forward uh, another right shows up she wanted to ride with me, and this time it was at my studio. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was February 2018. And whenever it was, it was right after the middle had just released. And that was a mindfuck. So, like, if you know, so the Great Ones track, the great song, Great Ones, I knew it was a badass song, but like, I was like, I don't know if this is going to fit on a project because it's just, it's really vibey. And it, so I was like, what do I, like, what, what do they want for this next one? And I had tons of tracks, and I didn't feel quite as like, when I had the Great Ones track, like, that was you know you stumble on sometimes you stumble on things that are beyond you mm-hmm. in this in this process creative process and like i found you know just that flow state thing where it just it became that that track and it was like man this is special i knew it. just like the we do us track but uh for for the next ride i just didn't know what the vibe was gonna be like what do you write after that right, like, right. considering the middle just came out you right. wrote this song that she dug, digs and then this is but this is how um the first album hero sounds well, what do you do with all that? And so um, the track we wrote to for all my favorite people, which is on the complete other side of the spectrum. So yes. Great Ones is like a vibey track. And then um, All My Favorite People is just a barn burn, a, a boot stomper, like party jam, yes. you know? It's um, crazy because well, if you listen to her entire album, it's... it's and it's all over, all over the place. There's my voice cracking. It's all over the place, but not in a bad way. Yeah, like it's not, it's not, it's not one genre. Right, the cohesion is, is like the great. spirit and That's her, what and I her like. voice yeah. and her fearlessness. Of, yeah, of and man, like her lyrical sense too. It's just so, it's so interesting when I listen to that whole album. It's just, it's cool to listen to that and see, like she's just helping opening up. She's helping to open up, like mm-hmm. a, you know, just a very cool lane of lyrical expression and and like and and musical expression it's just really cool so it's crazy i would love to see her and kaylee hammock do a single together mm. Mm. 
Put that out in the universe. I'm putting that out in the universe. Put Love the universe. speaking things to the universe, man. I'm, 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 I'm putting that out in the universe. I want Kaylee Hammock and Mary Morris to do a song together, and I want Mikey Reese to be a co-writer on that song. Ooh. Wow. Well, well, we're doing it like I'm that. Put, Can I I'm, be a I'm, co-writer, too? I'm, I'm throwing it out there. I'm throwing <laughs> yeah, it out there. <laughs> right? Text me on that. We can come in. I'll just sit in the room. I'll throw out one word. You know, some writers do that. <laughs> put that one word in. I'll put that one word in. I need to reignite this We're, flame, man. Yeah, you need, re, need to relight that. Um, Get to talking. You know how it goes. Um, <laughs> what are you smoking over there? Great question. Um, tonight I found myself smoking a Henry Clay Warhawk. <clears throat> it's a nice mild cigar. It pairs well with my Woodford Reserve. Mm. And it has a buttery smoke there to is, it. There is the word. Butter. That's the word. I don't know what it is, but that word is just so, so buttery, Butter's so a great smooth. Adjective, man. It's just, it's just. A, mm. And Dwayne over there, he didn't, he didn't already smoked his tabak. Man, I smoked that thing down because let me tell you, this tabak, it has like a coffee, but yet chocolateness to it. Really, bro. I think next time I have to try that one out. You got to try. That I have another friend who does that. Who try? Who likes that too? I'm not going to mention any names, yeah. but she, she likes that. She does that every single time she comes in. She, oh. Can I get tabak? Well, you Man. see, y'all was sitting there, and I was sitting there smoking that thing. Next thing you know, my thing gone. I know, my, I know, mine is uh, <laughs> that happens. mine is pretty expensive. I'm hoping that uh, Larry don't get mad at me for me for me picking it. <laughs> uh, so, Larry, if you ever if you if you listen to this podcast, I'm sorry, uh, but mine is the Alec Bradley Fine and Rare. Nice, fine, and fine rare. and rare. Mm. I don't know any any you know background to it. To it, mm-hmm. I do know that it is a very good cigar. Well, this is a fact that it's fine and rare. It's fine yeah. and rare. I'm not going to tell anyone the price of this because Larry would probably get pissed if I told him the price. <laughs> you didn't like, know. I didn't know. I honestly didn't know. I just you were following your heart, man. I literally just and picked it up about. and I'm like, and he rang it up and I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. My bad. Yeah, shit. my relationship with cigars is like. You know, love, hate, because, well, my dad, he right. smokes sh- short stories. He loves mm. those. You know, Father's Day, that's mm-hmm. a great go-to. Right. Get right. him some short stories. Um, but I usually Will Smith it, you know, yeah. because, um, I, yeah, I was telling you, so like yep. a couple of weeks ago in Key the West. Key West Music Festival, I got, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was, you know, had that, that manic smoking habit, and, and I was like obsessed with Obsessed with the you know the keeping little, the cherry keeping going, cherry going, and yeah. um, the next twenty four hours were surrounded by nausea. <laughs> I'm how sorry. many times did you inhale on that one? <laughs> Every single time. Well, I don't even. What do you mean? How do you not? What do you, you don't inhale on the cigars? Yeah, I, I can't even. I can't. Even, I can't even hold it. Like I, I give myself away when I like. I can't hold a cigar. And yeah, the, you hold a cigar like it's something. You hold a cigar like it's something, something else. else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all right. It's, not, it's okay. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I'm, I'm, listen, ain't nothing I'm wrong tr- with that. I'm trying to enjoy Been the taste. I'm trying that. to enjoy the experience. Gotta, I'm trying to get behind yeah. the therapeutic aspect of, of, of this podcast. Yeah, yeah and yeah. cigar. Yeah. <laughs> nice. It's the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Little. What's it called? AMSR. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it's but it's they're very like cigars. This is like very. It's a hobby of mine. Really. That I yeah. just put onto the open because. Why do you love it? Like, what, what, how'd you, what's, how'd you get there? How did I get there? Okay, so I used to. Oh, I'm so gonna get in trouble for all this that I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm just gonna sit back. Then. My senior trip in high school. Ooh. Um, 
a friend of mine. I'm not going to name any names because it really I'm, I'm going to use the word friend because it really wasn't a friend. Um, it was one of the chaperones. Uh, I was 18 at the time. And he was like, oh, you want a cigar? I'm like, yeah, why not? Sure. Right. We smoked a cigar that night. That's the first night. I did not get nausea. Get nausea. Is that the right word? No, no that's the right word. Nausea. Nausea. Nauseous. There's the word. I didn't get that. Surprisingly. I didn't get that till like, yeah, surprisingly. I didn't get that till like a whole year later when I smoked like a really yeah, strong you one. Know, you know, if you had a bad experience on that, yeah. that inaugural first run, it could have been like, you know, what raspberry rum is for me. <laughs> Never coming back to it. You know? Or gin is to that's me. Like, that's what, that's what vodka is to me. I'm never oh. touching that ever. Mm. Or tequila. Well, no, I can't say that. I love tequila. I love me some mm. tequila. I love tequila. Te- tequila got blocked me out one night, though. So that's a whole different story. That is a whole different story. That's a whole different story. Yeah. <laughs> man, get Dwayne, get Dwayne call you at 9 o'clock in the morning. You all right? I'm, man, I'm fine. What are you talking about? You uh, were pretty lit last night. You were you were lit, man. You were three sheets in the wind, bro. Three tequila shots. Tequila, do that to you. I'll make you chase park cars. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tweet that. Yeah. Tequila makes you chase park cars. It does. <laughs> it can, I should it say. It can. Well, it did me that night. <laughs> um, but no, I'm bro. Listen, I'm so excited to see what's getting ready to happen with your career Dude, after this Kaylee Hammett coming. I just listened to Just Friends again today. Mm. So let me explain the song for those of you who have not heard Just Friends. It's on it's, Spotify. Look it up. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple Music. It's <laughs> everywhere. This song. Starts out, she sounds to me like a Dolly Parton. Mm-hmm. Mm. The Triple meter slow, yeah, beautiful, yes, yeah. beautiful melody. And then it goes straight into the heavy guitar strum. Yeah, and it's nasty and it's funky and it's in your face, and it is bad ass. I'm like I said, I'm really looking forward to what's going to happen with you. Thank you, man. With I Kaylee. Really appreciate you saying that. Um, I'm, I'm a words of affirmation guy, so yep. it's hard for me to like receive that, but I definitely receive it. Yeah, it, I, I see it happening. It's like you were getting ready to blow the fuck up, and I'm glad we got you in here before. Yeah, before it happens, because I know once we once once it does happen, we ain't gonna see you. We ain't gonna see you. We ain't gonna no, we can come no. back for a part two. There's some we'll, stuff. We'll I can come. Cover. Yeah, we'll come back for a part two. It'll be fun. See, that's what I'm I love talking, about. man. Yeah. That's the thing, man. That's part of you know that my two favorite things in life, people and music. It's just and like. I don't know. I'm just, I'm I'm halfway there on you. <laughs> Wait, what's your hang up? Which one? People. Uh, <laughs> you know what strike me is that you have a very warm no, spirit. I, I get that a lot. And she saw me the next night and she goes, I just want to let you know my brothers, they fucking loved you. I literally spent two minutes tops at that table talking to them. <laughs> I was passing by and I saw her said hi. She introduced me to everybody and that was it. Right, right. And I made one joke and walked away. Yeah, but you get you like you give your whole self to like your interactions and your like you are I do. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that's man. I do. Those are the yeah. people that's I fuck gift. with. That's a gift. It is a gift. Lots of gift. It's a true as gift. As my grandma man. would say, I have the gift of gab. Yeah, a lot of mm-hmm. people ain't got that, bro. That's yeah, you don't get gab. in the way of yourself when it comes to relating to other people. And right. That's beautiful. I appreciate that. I need to hear that. 
Especially yeah. after this week. Dude. <laughs> Especially after this week. It's Shiny crazy. Light, I'm, get, I'm getting a whole lot of validation this past week about this podcast. Yes. And about well, it was a cool hustle, show. man. Yeah. I'm like low-key jealous. Podcasts are cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can come on this thing whenever you, you want to, whenever bro. you want to. You got anything to promote, you let me know. We'll make it happen. Yes. Quick, fast, in a hurry. You are, a, you are forever one of the top people that I would, I would, I would go to bat for. Damn. Dude, that, Seriously. That means a lot. Seriously. Because well, I, I, I love your personality, but I also love your wife. Your wife is a sweetheart. I yeah. like When you meet her, because we're going to have her on a show eventually. Okay. Yeah. Because she doesn't have a deal. Me too, yeah. And I want a bigger It's just family. a matter of time for her, man. She's, yeah. Like, I just, I, I want it on her because I want, I want to be able to say, we got her. We broke her. Yeah. You know, it's, she was phenomenal. She's, I love her song. I love her music. I love her. She's a sweetheart. She's what you call a real deal. Yes. In the sense yes. of like, her integrity drives everything she does, and and everything is laced with honesty. Where did I see her at? I saw her after. I saw her after Big Loud. Yeah, probably. I think at the scene somewhere she's, at CMA. She was floating. Yeah, yeah she, uh, played she played. She played. She played a couple of shows. And I never. I never got to make. I never got to make it. Friday was, was like my downtime day. <laughs> and I got to see all the artists I'm working with on on CMA Fest. It was cool. So that's all. That's all. Emily and I saw Kaylee at uh, the at Ascend Ra- Amphitheater. Yeah, Ascend Amphitheater. Okay. And then also on Monday night, I saw her at Analog. That's why uh, she did play Analog. Yeah, nice. that was cool. And then I saw I've been doing some stuff with Brandon Lay. Really mm-hmm. nice. Okay. I love He's him. He's a cool dude. He is cool. He's a cool dude. He is. I like a Brandon awesome. man. Yeah. He's a cool dude. Well, this has been fucking phenomenal. Again, yes. I, I I cannot I cannot express on how excited I am for you um, man, I really appreciate you saying that man this is this has been phenomenal I can't wait for everybody to hear this episode because this episode is just mm-hmm. uh, amazing follow us at Spoken Central yeah. Podcast on Instagram yeah, yeah Godspeed on Facebook. Hustle this is sick Thanks, I, man. I really like this environment you guys you like, you like, yeah. you like the concept of laid, yeah, laid, I, laid you know, back as an audio nerd I just I often think about it. if I have my own podcast like I get hung up in like like I would have two SM7s and I'd be in my like studio and I'd light knock Champa, <laughs> you know, like I just, I, I get off on the whole pro the whole process of yeah. everything, man. Like yeah. the, yeah. the ambiance and the, and the conversation and the, you know, you, you yeah. have to, I mean, that's, that's, you gotta, you gotta think of uh, the entire process or anything is what, that's what sparks every bit of detail of a process. It's what needs to matter. What what people need to look into every time. They oh, dude, you got a full right. ass. You gotta go. You gotta go. Yeah. You gotta go 100. percent You can't go. You can't go 50 percent on anything. No. That you want. You can't even go 85. No. Man, you gotta it. go 110 percent. Floor it. I heard. A, I heard. A, I heard a term the other day. It's watching NBA. Hmm. Basketball. I was watching basketball, and one of the guys. I guess we were actually we were on first take, and the guy was like, you know. He couldn't play in this era. He he won championships. He they couldn't play in this era because there's a lot of guys who are looking to do microwave, who are looking to microwave things as opposed to baking. Mm. So meaning, don't look for a quick. This is your advice for everyone. Don't look for that quick splash, a quick fire, a quick spark. Yeah. You got to take time and build and, build and bake real organic things. And, yeah, and, and give make them it. time, love. Yep. Right. Season space it. Space even. Space. Yes. Back Come off back sometime. Yeah. It's okay to back off sometime. It is. That's yeah. Just pairing like, paring down the hustle and like focusing on a few, 
sharp points is like is yes. kind of where I'm at and yeah. and not 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 tweaking out about having to have my hands in everything. Right. Really just kind of like being secure and confident in the few things that I'm doing really well. And trying to hone that and see where that goes. That's exactly, and that's that, that's exactly what it is. And that's yeah. with entrepreneurs is what everybody focus on those little things that you're good at yeah. right now, master those, and then we all then got you that entrepreneurial. Watch, we all have it. We watch all the have shit it. explode. We all and yeah, yep. watch you know, start watching shit explode big time. So, <laughs> um, but again, I'm excited for you. This has been great. Thank you guys. Thanks so much. for coming. Really What's your uh, Instagram handle? Yeah, at Mikey Reeves. M I K E Y R E A V E S. There you go. You got him. Mikey Reeves. Be on the lookout. Listen to, go listen to Kaylee Hammock, everyone. Go listen to Mayor Morris. Go listen to Brandon Lay. And damn it, go listen to Emily Hackett. Mm. Mm. Love that, dude. There you go. Go, go listen to Emily Hackett. Right? Right? Go listen to it. I promise you, you'll never, you'll never regret it. Nice. All right. Y'all have a good one. All right.